I'm Rick Ralph and thanks for joining me, talking garbology, waste and recycling unwrapped. As an industry professional with more than 40 years experience, both internationally and in Australia, my podcast series provides listeners an insight to and conversations with a number of key industry leaders, subject professionals, knowledge experts on a wide range of topics waste and recycling related. Wherever you may be listening, I trust you find my program informative as we explore and unbundle the complex yet interesting subjects of waste management, secondary resource recovery, recycling, and all their endeavours. In today's podcast, I'm talking to you from an award-winning timber recycling remanufacturing facility. Kennedy's Aged Timbers are an acknowledged award-winning commercial timber recycling facility. They turn old bridge beams, they turn power poles, all old timbers that may have had the air used by a date are now recycled and given rebirth into new products. Timber recycling is relatively new in Australian terms to what we actually do, but I think it's important we actually speak with uh, the managing director of Kennedy's uh, Timbers, Michael Kennedy, to outline to us exactly what we do in the remanufacturing process, but more importantly, how important it is to be salvaging and recycling new timbers and not allowing the crunch and dump mentality. Michael, welcome to my podcast. Rick, it's an absolute pleasure to have you here, and it's a pleasure that you're actually in the facility that's making the noise that produces the product for us. Nice to be here. Yeah, the guys, I can see them here. We've got, and we can explain, we might give a bit of a visual space for some of this when we get into the podcast. But first of all, Michael, who is Michael Kennedy? Well, I'm a fellow who uh, is having a crack, Rick. I started in the corporate world years ago and wanted to get out of the corporate world and thought I'll do something for myself 26 years ago. Uh, and I fell into what I was doing, to be honest. I fell into recycling wood. It seemed like a good idea. I thought it'd be fun for a while until I found a proper job. And along the way, I've built a great business with great people, uh, having fantastic suppliers and great customers. And it's been a, uh, a, a journey of enormous pleasure and enormous personal satisfaction for me and my team. Well, you've certainly sent the... Uh uh, you've certainly set the benchmark in Australian terms. Uh, you know, the company itself is well recognised for the quality performance it actually does. Michael, what do you think, or when do you reckon uh, timber recycling first occurred? Where do you think it began? Well, I think it probably started probably in the Depression. You see, people were didn't have a lot of money and they thought they'll reuse things. They started to reuse a lot of things. And people knocked down houses and reused them. Probably was earlier than that. But in the fashion that we do it today, which is getting old timbers and reprocessing them into other forms, it's probably only been about the last 30 years, a little bit before I started. Uh, I've been going 26 years. And it's really been about innovation with products and about sourcing products that previously people thought had no use and making them into products of that are highly desirable and that have a great um, great ability to produce fantastic products. Michael, we're uh, in this part of the facility where we're actually making or refining the product. We've got old bridge pieces there I can see. We've got um, finished material. I'm looking at the front here. I've got a, a, noticing a guy there planing material down. 
uh, with some state-of-the-art uh, sawing equipment. We've got levelers. Um, you've got bench presses over there. Perhaps you could give us a bit of an insight to what this part of the, uh, the plant is, and then we can uh, start at the very beginning. Well, we're in the, we're in the manufacturing plant here where we've got uh, uh, three moulding lines. We've got a joinery workshop where we produce traditional timber joinery. We also are making what you're seeing now is you're seeing laminated beams here. You're actually witnessing, Rick, the first of its kind anywhere in the world here being made before your eyes today. Um, and, and this is actually a finger-jointed laminated beam, uh, structural beam, using recycled timber. We use wall studs, floor joists, roof bearers, finger join it and make it into a structural beam. We do it right here with our staff who developed this um, and send it into a whole range of markets. And we've also, we also do here um, oiling. We do pre-oiling of timber, uh, planing of timber, as you can see. So a lot of activity here. Anyone who loves wood, seriously has died and gone to heaven. We'll come into this place. So. <laughs> <laughs> you talk about the finger joining. What exactly yeah. were the guys machining that down there at the moment? and uh, running it through and, and obviously getting the size right. What do you exactly mean by finger joining, Michael? What we do is we put a little uh, a, a zigzag join, if you like, on the end of the timber, on short pieces of timber, to make them longer. And we use special glues, and, we, and that glue is a structural glue. So you can get a piece of timber that is, say, a wall stud that's 2.4 metres long. You could get three of those, finger join them together, and you can make a beam that's seven metres long by gluing lots of them together and that's structurally as strong, if not stronger, than a solid piece of timber. So if we start at the very beginning of the timber story and we, we, we actually then walk through to where we end up here, so because this is the back end of the plant, this is not where it actually begins. No, it doesn't begin, it doesn't begin here. This is where we are uh, making money but at the front end of the story is the demolition of the, of the structure, whether it's a bridge, whether it's a power pole, whether it is a, um, a house, a warehouse, that's where the, the journey starts. So let's start where the journey starts. Well, we're back at the beginning. We're starting at the beginning of the process. We're sitting in Michael's... Uh, showroom we're looking at manufactured product we're also looking at product that uh, uh, has come in fresh we've got old uh, weatherboards off a house i'm looking at an old bridge beam i'm looking at flooring um even power poles over there so michael perhaps we can start at the very very beginning please of how we end up with material that sits like we do in the showroom rick I guess we started, if we go back to when we first started, is um, I thought there was an opportunity to get old wood that was being dumped and put it into other products. And I never realised how much there was being disposed of and dumped and how much resource there was and also the quality of the wood fibre. So we went on, a, I guess I went on a journey when I got sick of the corporate life, I wanted to do my own thing and... It, it developed really from a liking of doing something good and doing something that was environmentally good, but also wanting to make money. So 
it had to be sustainable and that's that's how it started and it grew and grew and we um, grew from there. Michael, you've been quoted often saying if you're going to recycle timber, you've got to make it from good wood. What do you mean by good wood? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, good wood, good wood is wood that is essentially high quality wood fibre. So the fibre in wood, um, depending on uh, where it's come from originally, um, will determine how good it is. In many respects, years ago when they built bridges and power poles and government structures, they used to go through the forest and pick the best trees, what they call the royal cut of the forest, which is the best trees, and use them for that process. And that's the wood that we're recycling now, basically the royal cut or the best wood. And as it ages, it actually improves with age. Unlike you and I, Rick, who start to break down (laughs) as we get older. (laughs) We don't ever get too personal here, Michael. (laughs) Well, maybe me. (laughs) (laughs) You're right on the money there, mate. (laughs) So so, um, what happens, wood actually improves in its structural integrity and its wood fibre properties as it gets older. And that's what I mean by good wood, by sourcing that wood, it's actually better when we recycle it than the day it went into, went into use. So that's, that's what good wood means. You've, we're sitting in this room here and I can notice um, different colour timbers and we've got some reds there, we've got some sort of amber. Um, could you please explain, I guess, I've, I've noticed on, with, on these processes, we actually talk about the different types of wood. You've got ash, you've got... Um, um, spotted gum. What are the principal fundamental types of timbers that you actually we find in old timbers? It's a really good question, Rick, because um, Australia is has a rich heritage of timber processing. We have uh, Australia has the finest hardwoods in the world, bar none, and in Queensland we have the best hardwoods in Australia. So we're, we're blessed really in terms of quality of wood fibre and in that there's a whole range of species. Years ago we had and you, it, it, up on the wall uh, we've got photos of the old cedar cutters here uh, where people used to cut cedar. They used to call it um, red gold, was highly sought after and they used to get uh, timbers like ironbark and spotted gum and cut them down and burn them because they weren't, any good, they were searching for the the rich gold of cedar, the softwoods, uh, to make things out of. And now we understand that those timbers are highly valuable, like ironbark and spotted gum and black butt, um, tallow wood. All those timbers are really highly valued because they've got such beautiful properties in terms of when you finish them, when you polish them. But they also have great properties in terms of their durability and their stability and strength. So they're quite remarkable properties. And one of the unique things about Woodrick, when you're sitting here in the showroom, you probably feel calm. And the reason why you do that is because wood has a great ability, not only from being beautiful to look at, it helps with what we call biophilia design, which is a Greek word, which basically means it makes you feel at calmness when you're surrounded by it. I never saw you as a spiritual person, Michael, but you're actually probably right. We're out sitting in here and it's a very, very comfortable room to be sitting in. I have to be, I have to be truly honest with that. 
I recently read somewhere where the Cairns Wharf, um, and we'll start at the beginning, a most iconic um, up in far north Queensland. We're beautiful. We've got the Barrier Reef. We've got the tourists and whatever. And the government has recommitted to doing that wharf up so okay, taking cruise ships, et cetera. You uh, were successful in, obviously, from a tendering point of view or whatever it is, but you've, you've taken the old timbers of the Cairns Wharf and, you've, and it's known as crow's ash. What is crow's ash? And let's, let's talk about crow's ash. Uh, crow's ash, Flinduras australis is a botanical name for it. Uh, it's a class one hardwood, highly durable, beautiful in terms of its texture. They used to use it years ago in a lot of uh, dance floors and squash courts because it was very, very durable and hard, but it also had a great nature um, uh, to perform. It's, it was highly durable. So the, the Cairns Wharf that we recently recycled, all the timber out of there, we had uh, 26 semi-loads of timber come out of there. And that is highly durable. It was built in 1942. And the most remarkable thing about that is that wood fibre I could take you and show you, in fact, you've got a couple of pieces there behind you you can see sitting on sitting on some timber bench. You look at them and you go... Oh, right, I can see it there. It's that, been... That's interesting. That that actually looks like uh, the one in the far um, looks like a brand new piece of select-grade pristine wood. It does, doesn't but it? But it's recycled wood that's come out of the Cairns Wharf and it even though it's been in use for... Um, Near on 80 years, you look at it and the quality of the wood fibre is superb. Well, it's I, I'm, listeners, I'm looking at uh, two pieces about 2.4 metres long. One of them certainly looks like it's been just machined and uh, it's come out of a brand new piece of um, manufactured, uh, I suppose, even a pine. It looks like very – it's not unlike a pine, it, pine in, in it's its, its texture. Rick, it's similar in colour but it's very heavy, Yes, very hard, very durable – and it's got a beautiful aroma to it. It's um, it's a magnificent timber, and uh, I we've got semi loads after semi loads in our yard. I just like looking at it. <laughs> That's not really an economical <laughs> position. I wouldn't have thought. <laughs> what what would you now looking at those that yeah. so, that type of timber? Yeah. Explain to our listeners how you then take it from. It's been in the ground, it's had bolt holes through it and, and whatever. We've brought it in at the front of the facility here. What do we actually then do with that material to get it into a semi-finished process? What are the processes of recycling timber? Okay, there's a, it's a really good question, Rick. The, the first thing you get is you get the timber to come in your, your yard and then you need to remove the metal from it if you're going to recut it or plane it. So that's a manual process where we'll grind the bolts off, we'll punch the nails out, we'll pull the nails out, chisel any broken fixings out and we'll check it with a metal detector to make sure that it's free of metal and then we will assess it as, per, as to its species and grade, so we'll grade it, and then we'll um, then we'll go through and plane it up. And depending on what it's going to be used for, we will sometimes recut it and put it back into strip to re-dry it. Because although this timber, some of this timber might be 60, 70, 80, 100 years old, um, it may still have moisture in the middle of it. We need to dry it back out again, even though it's old. So that's the process we go through, and then. We store it in the yard and you would have seen walking around stacks on stacks of timber everywhere. I mean, we have to 
we have to have the timber when it comes available, not when we've got a market for it. So we store it, catalogue it, and then we put it into an end application. Some of the projects uh, that people come to you with, um, you've got the Tree of Knowledge, you've also got um, a lot of old wharfs, you had the Redcliffe Wharfs. How do you determine what timber goes where and into these projects? I think what you look at, Rick, is you look at firstly the end application. What is the what is the design intent of the building or the structure? And then you look at your wood fibre and say, what wood fibre do we have that will suit the design intent? I remember uh, the rose garden at Old Parliament House. We when we supplied that, that came out of the Mackay Wharf when we pulled pulled that down. The architects wanted to use a timber that was durable, that was recycled, and it's been in place for uh, 16 years now. I went down last year and had a look at it and it looks like the day it was put in, that's how well it's performed because it was selected properly for that project. And the tree of knowledge at Bark Alden that you mentioned, that was cut out of old recycled ironbark power poles, the whole thing. Is that right? Yep. And that's, uh, that's, that's the Energex and the Ergon power poles that uh, used to transfer the electricity through the streets is yeah. now this iconic building up in Bark Holden. Uh, iconic building. The old power poles, the old ironbark uh, and class one durability hardwoods were recut. The oldest, the interesting fact on that, the oldest power pole that went into that structure at Bark Holden was 1926. It was put in because they all have little discs or numbers on them that you can tell when they were used. This was an ironbark pole that was put in in 1926 that w- was pulled out of service, that we recycled, that we recut, that we put into uh, uh, timbers for the Tree of Knowledge at Bark Holden. So now we're heading towards 94 years of, of age timber <laughs> sitting up there older than you and I. That's, that's pretty remarkable. And it looks remarkable. So, yes. You, I think also using some of the timber, you put a number of recycled materials down into the Sydney, around the Sydney Rocks area, um, which is quite quite an unusual story because we're probably talking about timbers that were created or, or the, the original trees were mined by our forebears and the pioneers of Australia. And here we have them nearly, you know, 100 or 150 years later, remanufactured. We're putting it back into the very area where, where these people ended in Australia. That's exactly, that's exactly right. And, and one of the most remarkable things about what, uh, we do with recycling wood is because I've been doing it for 26 years. We're actually recycling wood out of projects that we supplied recycled wood into and recycling it back into another application. So it's had its used, it's been used, been recycled, recycled pulled out, back. and putting it back That's into recycling. That's exactly right. And and we're actually paying for that timber to come out, and the, and the client is actually getting very similar money to what they paid when they originally bought the timber. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a quite remarkable uh, product. Um, Power Poles, St John's Cathedral, the bell tower, where did it go into there? And that's in Brisbane. It's a cathedral that's been under rehabilitation for many years, but it's an iconic church. It is an iconic church. And there's a great story about that, Rick, the most remarkable story about that. And not only are we using recycled power poles, which we recut and graded, but went back in there. But the architect that were on that job was Michael Kennedy. The timber engineer was Dr. Michael Kennedy. The builder was Michael Kennedy. 
and the timber supplier was Michael Kennedy. I didn't know you had that many family <laughs> members. <laughs> so, and I was telling the story one day to a group of architects who were touring here. I was telling that very story and uh, a lady uh, spoke up and she said, well, I can vouch for that story being true because my dad is the architect, Michael Kennedy, and that is exactly true. <laughs> so, so we need to go to higher authorities in the church, maybe get the, the archdeacon, um, Michael Kennedy, look for a Michael oh Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> so, and when we were, when we were grading uh, the, the timbers, the remarkable thing about them, Rick, we had a structural grading. Um, we had to set up uh, structural grading for recycled timber, which was a process in itself. So we had to set that up, but we graded these timbers for the bell tower uh, to the structural grading and the timbers that we thought weren't strong enough, we sent out to the DPI timber testing laboratory at Salisbury. So the ones we rejected, we tested and they were strong enough to be used in the application. So they, they were structurally stronger than what we call F27. So um, the ones we thought were no good were actually stronger than what we thought. You've got on your website, uh, and for listeners on Kennedy's Timbers, if you Google Michael, you'll be able to see this. You've got the Lindus Luxury Lodge. What an iconic building that looks like. It's, it's magnificent. What's the background to that one? It got uh, International Hotel of the Year last year, the number one rated hotel in uh yeah, it's a project in New Zealand where the architect wanted to use uh, wood, uh, a, a recycled wood uh, that would have a uh, very low carbon footprint and that would be highly durable, that would blend in with the natural environment and last a long time. There's a look at, we're looking at a, a large photo of it over, yes. over there. Um, quite remarkable that that wood is actually bent the roof on it, the curves nature of the roof is only one part of the timber supply. Right throughout of it, there's structural beams that have been curved and laminated using the spotted gum. Um, How did you do that? Well... Without giving away too many <laughs> no, secrets, No, not giving away any secrets at all. The, the, the builder asked us, uh, could, we, could we do this? And I said, yeah, we can do it. And he said, well, I don't think you can. I said, yeah, we can. And we, we tested it up, we sent them samples, we did prototypes uh, for them, uh, got it strength tested, all of these sort of things. And then they said, yep, it's uh, exactly what we're looking for. And the client is absolutely over the moon with it. It looks magnificent. Um, and, it certainly does. And, it's very, very iconic. And isn't it? it's a great outcome with something that years ago would be in landfill. You talk about the crunch and dump and I think I, I, I read something where you said there's 300 homes or buildings a week demolished um, quite often around Australia. They're staggering numbers, aren't they? It, Rick, it's, it's quite remarkable. Back in uh, 2004, I did a report which was called Closing the Loop on the timber industry. And it's interesting, when I started years ago, the timber industry uh, didn't actually support what we did. Is that right? That's true. <laughs> because well, they wouldn't have liked it because you'd be a serious competitor. We thought we were a competitor. The, the competitor. But, but I said we we're adding to the great environmental story that Timber has and now they understand that they're fully supportive of it. But our greatest, support, our greatest supporters when I started years ago were environmental organisations who wanted to stop logging because they thought it was a good way to do it. But if you look at the numbers, 
Um, there's about 300 houses or buildings that are demolished along the eastern seaboard, Victoria, New South Wales, Queensland, each week. The, each week? Each week. 300. Now, some of them have got um, uh, product that can be recycled. Uh, some of them are, are basically just crunch, but a lot of them have high-quality hardwood. There's – put some. here's some numbers for you, Rick. There's about 200,000 power poles that come out of service each year along the eastern seaboard, 200,000. Um, now, when you – about 20 are a semi-load. So just get your head around those numbers for a minute. And there's still about 35,000 timber bridges – in Australia that are gradually coming out of service, plus the railway sleepers that are out there. In terms of the wood fibre, when I started years ago, I thought it'll be good for a while but we'll run out of wood. They're, totally the it's opposite. It's totally the really. opposite. We don't obviously knock down the old wool stores anymore with no. the big timbers in them, but there's lots and lots of wood fibre out there to recycle and put back into beneficial use, reuse applications. It's a matter of being innovative with the resource and innovative with the uh, end product applications. Projects that you've done, uh, obviously the iconic ones, you've done a lot in um, internationally, you provide, et cetera. Um, your, the smallest project, what are some of the smaller projects that um, you sort of do? Because you've got the, the top end of the thing, but just what to give the average uh, listener here what they might be able to do with something in their own environment. We do, we do a lot of bench tops for people and uh, we do a lot of uh, table packs. Someone wants to make a table themselves. It's a great thing to do, work, work with wood. We'll supply mm-hmm. them the components, the tabletop made up, and the, and the legs and the rails, and they will go and put it together themselves. So we don't make it, but we, we partly make it for them. So it's like the Kennedy's IKEA pre-packaged. I was about to say, the, pre, the, the, <laughs> well, the Australian IKEA solution, exactly the, the right. challenge of IKEA. And, and, it's, and it's rich in carbon. It's got a great store of carbon. The, the environmental story that Timber has is truly the most remarkable product because it, it actually stores carbon and it, and it has a really positive environmental impact by using it. The business itself, obviously, uh, you know, ultimate success story, but it hasn't always been successful, has it? It, it had a very at – the, at the early days, we did have a number of, uh, you know, uh, speed bumps uh, getting going. And in particular, you recently got a very prestigious award um, – being nominated or winning the Queensland Small Employer of the Year Award for your teams and for the culture. The speed bumps, let's go back to those. Oh, we've had a lot of speed bumps along the way. We've had occasions where I thought uh, I wouldn't be in business. I remember in the GFC we had, I was about two weeks away from going into liquidation, running out of money because uh, our bank uh, at the time pulled our overdraft and increased our margin and I had no access to cash and it was just devastating. We had a good business and I thought, we're gone. I'm completely gone. And I managed to sell some timber to pay the wages for the next couple of weeks and and, and we stayed in business. Uh, But we've had speed bumps along the way. We've had uh, probably back in the earliest days, we had, I guess, the traditional timber industry didn't support us. We thought we were a competitor. They've come on board now and they understand the importance of it. Uh, we've had um, issues uh, with, um, you know, state environmental regulators who have not supported what we were doing. 
and thought it was a bad thing to do, as, as crazy as that sounds. You wouldn't so, be the only industry in that space. But we, we won't go there. <laughs> we could go there, but I don't think it's. I don't think we want. To. <laughs> no, um, and probably, um, probably the one of the greatest, the greatest challenge I had was probably getting uh, people and having people that would be uh, work safely and be productive. And about 12 years ago, we went through a process of going, well, we can't keep doing this. We had high turnover of staff. We had too many accidents. We had uh, poor morale and I was at wit's end on how to fix it. So we started down a process of something I call soft and fluffy and knew nothing about, which was culture. The culture of the business. Culture of the business and the values. And, Rick, that allowed by starting that process and really committing to it and really doing it deeply, that allowed the business to really um, transform into what it's been today and continues to be, which is a business that has really got highly valued people. It's very productive. We're twice as profitable as a traditional industry. We've got absenteeism, which is a third of the industry. We've got uh, the the lowest work cover premium of any timber manufacturer in Queensland. Um, We have really, really transformed the business and um, we've got a much more enjoyable place to work. Well, it's very clear. You could okay. see the you could see the pride that when we started this podcast, the, the, the machinists, the guys actually planing and doing what they were doing. Real pride in their actual uh, um, in their work environment, even the way they were dressed. You know, just they, you could see they were taking pride in their whole their whole themselves. Yeah, and and to last year to be recognised as uh, Queensland's Employer of the Year for training of our staff was a great recognition of a journey that is not. Uh, 12 months in the making. It's years and years in the making and it's genuine commitment to people and to culture and to uh, having the very, bringing the very best out of people. There's a there's a story I tell of uh, a, a fellow we've got work here, working here who had in his previous job terrible attendance, terrible productivity. Now he's got fantastic attendance here and great productivity. It's the same person that was working somewhere else. And by getting our values right and getting people aligned to what's important, um, it has an absolute transformal effect. Well, you so, can certainly see it in your business because, I mean, you're, you're not – the number of wards you've got hanging here in the in the building, uh, you know, I think you'd have to put an extension on here <laughs> shortly for them, mate, um, just having a look at it. But, you know, I mean, you've had Prime Minister's acknowledgement um, that have come through, uh, several Prime Ministers have come through here, uh, Premiers, you've had State from – and, you know, it's at both sides of politics just, just to see what you're actually doing and how you're doing it. Um, you're certainly leading in the world, I think, uh, from remanufacturing old timbers. There's no – the iconic projects you've done right through from our own federal parliament right through to New Zealand, the latest one there. I guess in closing, Michael, um, something people wouldn't know about timber. What do you think um, we need to – you know, we need to actually reflect when we look at an old piece of timber or something like that. What would you say to the average uh, listener that might be listening to this about the opportunity or something they they might not know about the timber? Uh, Two things I'd say, Rick. Cutting trees down 
produces a healthier forest. For one, gee, I'm not. Well, this will be an interesting conversation. That, That's interesting. They do because actually, a a forest that is growing quickly sequests carbon greater than a forest that is locked up. So mm-hmm. people say you want to save a forest by locking it up. You're actually destroying the forest. So that's one. Mm-hmm. The other thing is that wood fibre improves with age and stores carbon forever. So the greatest environmental story you can tell is by using wood and recycling it. It's not a story that is a bullshit story. It's a true story. It's a story that uh, can go on forever and can have a really positive environmental impact. Michael, it's been an absolute pleasure. Listeners, I hope you've enjoyed this, uh, the journey. Check out Michael's uh, website, Kennedy's Timbers. Um, Michael, um, as I said, um, when you're building something and when you want to remanufacture or even in these days of COVID and you're actually at home thinking, what am I going to do? Perhaps just take a step back and think of using an old piece of timber and bringing it back to uh, a new floorboard or something like that. Michael, absolute pleasure. Rick, it's been a buzz having you here. I loved it. And uh, you're welcome anytime. Thank you. Thanks, mate. Cheers, mate.